Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. We're at Aberdeen. Uh, we now have a church in Aberdeen. Uh, and that is a long way north. Uh, there, there, there. And we're currently just planting into Inverness. So things are very active in Scotland. Uh, round the Yorkshire area, we now have church, active church plants into Harrogate and Huddersfield. And we're just on the verge of a second church plant into Bradford. And our third church into Leeds. If you know Leeds, West Leeds in the Pudsey, Falsey area. So that's really good. A couple from Mosaic are going to lead that. Um, we've got a couple who have moved up from High Wycombe to lead the Bradford Church. And uh, John and Kate are in Harrogate and Steve and Ruth Heard are in Huddersfield. So it really is uh, an amazing season. This is what we've prayed for, what we've uh, lived for, to see this breaking out all over Yorkshire. There's still loads of towns and places left, so don't worry. Uh, lots of opportunity for you. Uh, in addition to that, we're church planting into Bolton West. That's our second church into Bolton. We've got an excellent couple called Mark and Min Taylor who are leading that. Uh, Mim's just had a baby, so they're just taking a, just a breather for just a, a little bit. And uh, in three weeks' time, or two weeks' time, I think we were up in Edinburgh, uh, when we were in Aberdeen, they're all thanking us for coming up to Edinburgh to do a marriage weekend. And I thought, we've got, that's not uh, what I remember <laughs> agreeing to do. Anyway, uh, but we're up in Edinburgh doing a leaders weekend for leaders from all the churches. So things are very exciting. We're just bringing in new elders in the Stoke Church, which is very exciting. And in the Acom Church, so if you know Gateway Acom, uh, not far from here. Uh, we've just uh, been, had the pleasure of meeting with some of their... Uh, new elders and uh, hopefully early in January there will be a meeting where we can lay hands on I'm sure we'll get an invitation but it'd be great for you to be part of that just to support them in that so uh, things are really moving all over the place uh, just for Chris's sake as it's his birthday did you hear about the guy that reached 50 and was having a bit of a midlife crisis and about a week before his birthday, he was just dropping subtle hints to his wife about what he would appreciate as a present. And he said, oh, I just wish somebody would buy me something that would go from 0 to 120 in less than four seconds. And sure enough, on his birthday, his wife comes and gives him a pair of bathroom scales. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's got them. <laughs> Not the Lamborghini, Chris. <laughs> Are you still racing up and down the motorways in your job? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's what they tell us. Do you, I, I don't know if you've done a lot of driving down the motorways or the A1, but these guys love going at 67 miles an hour because actually from a distance they look like police. And then you get this, and suddenly you hit this block and you wonder what on earth is happening? And you see these guys driving and it's just below the speed limit. It's about, you must have a, do you have a 
an auto set, a cruise control, about 67 miles an hour, and you see these really impatient drivers trying not to break the speed limit as they overtake at the 70, and then they suddenly disappear into the distance. You must have great fun. <laughs> Sorry, we go back a long way, so I do apologise. Turn with me to John chapter 15. Dear, oh dear. That's Terry obviously phoning up. That's <laughs> I've never been compared to the Pope before, I have to say. Uh, that's uh, interesting. And uh, uh, John 15, I have to say, whatever you think about the Roman Catholic Church, you need to honour things when things need honouring. And the Pope speaking up in front of Parliament in his whole trip about how re- important the Christian faith is to this nation and how that has to be included in what they describe as a secular society and he's done more in four days to promote the Christian faith like that than the Archbishop of Canterbury has in the last ten years and that's you know please don't hear that in a wrong way but I just admired the way he spoke out for the Christian faith and in the lion's den right to politicians to secular media and he's gone out. Now, obviously, they've got troubles in other areas, uh, which uh, doesn't bless the kingdom. But I've been thrilled with the way he's spoken out. So, as I say, whatever your views on the Roman Catholic Church, and there are a lot, you have to admire a man that will stand up for Christ in that field and speak out. So please pray for his visit and pray for lasting effects. This is a famous passage. If you've been a Christian any length of time, you'll be familiar with this. It's when Jesus, and this is in the last week of his life, probably in the last two or three days, and he's bringing teaching, he's talking to his disciples. And you know how Jesus loves imagery. In fact, as uh, Owen read out of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, uh, a lot of the Bible uses imagery. Sorry, I did speak up halfway through his quoting because I knew what was coming up about the flock of sheep. So, But here's Jesus speaking to his disciples. I am the true vine. Now, we don't have the benefit of having lots of vineyards in this country. There actually is one near Leeds, Levensworth. But if you go to the Mediterranean, olive trees and vineyards are everywhere. Okay, so it's very normal. Uh, we go to France a lot particularly the south of France, and he, once you get in a car, you just cannot help but see vineyards somewhere, and olive trees, and we travelled quite a bit around the Mediterranean, and those are everywhere, so this would have been an obvious illustration, okay, they're much nearer nature than we are, we just think wine comes from Tesco's now, or Sainsbury's, uh, it has to be produced somewhere, and here it is, I am the true vine. And it wouldn't have surprised me if he wasn't walking past some vines at that time. Because that's a classic Jesus teaching technique. Grabs the opportunity at the moment. I'm the true vine. And my father is a gardener. I was in the garden the other day, snipping away, cutting back. And 
this really just reinforced this whole thing. And over the years, uh, my first experience of gardening with my parents was just to get shears and just to go... And I noticed that some plants would thrive on that and some just withered and died. And I only had one technique. It was just mass destruction and cut everything down. As I've grown older and Kay's spent a bit of time with me, training me, I now take care where to cut with certain plants and to know which plants to cut back. And even some plants, like roses, you can be really quite aggressive. But then there's the growth point that you have to just come above. And there's a, when you know when a true gardener is a very skillful person. And to bring out the best in the plant takes real skill. We're not bad in the garden, but I have to say with pot plants, we're still are mass murderers. Uh, we tend to go through plants at a rate of not. So we haven't quite cracked it indoors, but outdoors, I think we're getting better. And there's a huge amount of skill knowing exactly how to cut, where to cut. If you want to destroy the plant, you can do anything to it. But if you want to bring it out, if you want to bring the full potential out, if you want to make it fruitful, there's real care and skill. And so here, Jesus is describing that the Father is that skillful gardener. That caring gardener. Links exactly to what we came out during the worship. He is passionately in love with us. He is passionately for us. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, what does he do? You can read on if you want. You don't have to guess. <laughs> he prunes it to make it even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remember, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. So here we are. He applies it immediately to his disciples. He is the vine. You are the branches. So everything he's just said about the father pruning to bring more fruitfulness it applies immediately to his disciples. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Hear that. Hear that. That's so important. As a Christian, if you want to make your life count, there's a simple things here apart from Jesus do you know what, you can be saved and live independently of Christ you'll still get to heaven because that's a gift of grace you did nothing to earn that and you've got nothing you can do during your life to kind of pay the debt but you can actually live in such a way that you're away from Christ and actually you can do nothing in that nothing that counts for eternity all that wasted effort, all that wasted time. I don't know if you're like me. I want everything that I do to count for eternity and to count for God. I don't want to waste my time. And as you reach the milestone age, well that was a very polite way of putting it, uh, the milestone age of 50, you realise that actually you really do want to make everything count. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. Just hear what the Spirit is saying through the word. We can glorify the Father by bearing fruit. Magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. I, working class guy, born and bred in Salford, right? nothing to commend me to God whatsoever, but in his grace saved, I can bring glory to him by bearing fruit. If I can do that, you can do that. Because there's nothing to commend me above any of you. Nothing in my life commends me in any way more than you. We can glorify God. I find that very encouraging and I want to encourage you. You can glorify God. Don't let anybody lie. Don't put, let anybody put doubts in your ears. Don't let the deceiver put those doubts in. Don't deceive yourself. Don't let anybody else. Don't let circumstances deceive you. Don't let circumstances put you off. Don't be discouraged. You can glorify the Father. This is a statement of fact from Jesus himself. You can glorify the Father by bearing fruit. And we'll look at bearing fruit in a minute. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. There's a month's worth of preachers in this very passage, so I'm going to skip over some things, I'm sorry. But when you get time, just dwell on the fact that as the Father has loved Jesus, you cannot get a purer, more faithful, more passionate, more holy, more anything love than between the Father and Jesus. There is no greater love. That is the greatest love in the universe. It's the purest love. It's the most committed love. Any superlative you want to give to it, that is how the Father loves the Son. In the same way Jesus loves you and me. It does not get any better. And the great thing is, Jesus never has an off day. Okay, we were slightly late because we did a birthday party for our, uh, for our son-in-law-ish. <laughs> He's kind of a partner. I don't know quite what he is with our youngest daughter. There's a whole story there. I'll tell you about that another time. Uh, they really enjoyed the party. They drank us out. They said, we'll bring all the wine. Anyway, six bottles of wine later, that, out of my stash, <laughs> that went. And by the time we'd uh, uh, washed up and uh, got to bed, it was quite late. So that's, and I let Kay just sleep in a few extra minutes. As a father, father has loved me, so I love you really it does not get any bigger and better and I say he never has an off day he never gets up late he never feels drowsy in the morning he never feels oh, I just can't be bothered loving them today every second from now for the rest of eternity Jesus love is full on for you 
And no matter what you do. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous love. But it's just as Bob said. No matter what your children do, you still love them. You want to shake them every now and again. <laughs> you want to... But you still love them. And that's how it is. And this is not human love. As passionate as Bob is about his children, and you heard that passion, that pales into insignificance compared with God's love for us. And that's not diminishing Bob's love for one second. So remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's one of my whole reasons for being in leadership, I think. I think I've told you this before, so if you've been here a few times, I I want to try and deliver miserable Christians. There's too many miserable Christians. Now we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen in a fallen world. Our daughter-in-law has currently got cancer. And she's just been through two sets of back-to-back chemo. And she starts radiotherapy on Tuesday. That's not pleasant. In fact, it's quite distressing. And, you know, things like this happen. Morwenna's mum, the other week. We live in a fallen world. It is imperfect. There's lots of things that will come. But, Jesus said, I'm giving you my joy. And how does he put it? That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This isn't just a fabricated joy. This is not just froth and bubble. This is not just enthusiasm. This is not just a bit of a nice feeling. This is the joy from the very heart of Christ that's planted in us. And this is a joy that took Jesus to the cross. For the joy set before him, he took on the cross. This is a powerful joy that can smile, not disdainfully, not naively, in the face of sacrifice and come out because of love. The victor. Now, I want to see, I want to encourage you, that joy is there for you. I really do want to deliver not only people from eternal condemnation, but deliver them into full life in Christ and joy. There really is joy there, okay? Uh, I'm known as the kind of uh, guy that laughs a lot. Uh, we soon know when Tony's in the room because he laughs. It's not that I just pretend to laugh, I actually do enjoy life. There's some bits I cry about. But there's a joy that is beyond me. And it's for you as well. So there's this joy. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. 
as I say, there's a month of preaches in this one passage, but I just want to focus and track through one of the key themes of fruitfulness. You'll have picked up on that already, I hope. Fruitfulness is right at the heart of what Jesus is trying to teach here. There's so many other things that he's teaching on, but fruitfulness is right at the heart. I asked you in verse 2, let's just see if you remember. Verse 2, why does the Father prune the branches? Exactly, it's not to bring pain. Right? When I prune our plants, I don't think, ha ha, I'm going to cause as much pain as possible. But the way Christians live, you sometimes, they kind of recoil from the Father wanting to do anything in the life because they think it's just about pain. It's not, it's about bringing out your full fruitfulness. Is about bringing out. And he will do it with such care. He will do it like a master gardener. Knowing exactly where to cut to bring out the best in you. Because his whole passion is to draw out the fruitfulness. That's how he will be glorified. And that's how you can glorify the Father. By being fruitful. And what's interesting, it talks about being more fruitful. So whatever state you start in. The expectation is that you'll be fruitful, because that's how Jesus ends this passage. Okay? You've been chosen and appointed to do what? Bear fruit. So there isn't a person in this room who's saved, right? Who has been chosen and appointed to bear no fruit. In fact, you're you've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. That's God's plan, that's God's passion, that's God's desire. You are the object of his passionate love. But he's also appointed you to bear fruit. Everybody here, no exception. You may say, oh well, it's okay for Terry Virgo. He's obviously been chosen to bear fruit. It's okay for this spiritual superstar, or for that person, or for that person. And somehow, me gets missed out of this. But the Spirit is here, right now, I can feel him, to say, you are appointed for fruitfulness. Chris, whatever thoughts are going in your head, through your head about 50, don't worry. I passed that three years ago. I feel like I'm still 25 inside, so there's no issue there. But Chris, you're appointed for fruitfulness. No matter what the world says, no matter what you say, no matter what anybody says, you're appointed for fruitfulness. Fruitfulness that will glorify the King. Fruitfulness that will last. Because Jesus isn't talking about worldly fruitfulness. He's not talking about wealth and riches here. He's not talking about success and career. And those can be good in this life. I'm not decrying that. But he's talking about fruit that will last. And by that very expression, what he's trying to say is fruit that's eternal fruit. Fruit that when Jesus returns and there's a new heaven and new earth that will still be there in eternity. Won't be burned away with the old heaven and the old earth, but will still be there forever. There is such a fruit that will last for eternity. And Jesus is declaring it here. And you and I and every Christian has been appointed 
to bear that fruit. And no matter how we start, and it may be the most humbling, fumbling, awkward plant that you've ever seen, that just produces one thing. The Father lovingly cares for that plant, tends it like a gardener, prunes it where necessary. What to do? To punish it because it only bore one piece of fruit? No. Even if it didn't produce any fruit, he tends it that it will produce more fruit. And when you've produced more fruit, guess what he does? He prunes and cares and is passionately involved in your life to help you bear even more fruit. You read anything about the kingdom and it's the mustard seed that starts almost invisible and becomes the largest tree in the world. Everything about the kingdom is small beginnings, growth. Here Jesus is saying the same thing. Fruitful, the master gardener is working with you, passionate about you, brings out the best for more fruit. And each time he prunes, it's for more fruit. Don't fear the father's involvement in your life. It's always for your best and for more fruitfulness. Always. There's no exceptions. No exceptions for those in Christ Jesus. Always for your best. So you have been appointed for fruitfulness. Every one of you. No exceptions. The Father is working 24-7 as the best gardener ever so that you'll be even more fruitful. And how do we do that? By remaining in Christ. Now, I'm going to leave this to Owen. I'm going to charge Owen. He can do a whole series on this by himself. I know he can. Uh, He's heard this before. But just to say, how do we remain in Christ? Just going to fire four or five points out, and then I'm going to skip on quickly. You remain in Christ by an intimate, love-grace-based relationship with Jesus. Jesus himself said, you'll remain in me if you do what I command. Obedience is an integral part. Jesus tells you something, you do it. It's very simple. Prayer, speaking in tongues, worship, those help you to abide in Christ. Feeding off the word, feeding off the spirit, making the spirit your friend. Romans 8 tells us the spirit constantly is speaking to our spirit, affirming our sonship, affirming our salvation, affirming how much the Father loves us, helping us to respond to the Father by saying, Daddy, or Abba. That's how we remain. Okay, there's two or three preachers in that alone, so I'll just give him his next preaching series now. Back to fruitfulness. God loves caring for us. His passion is to make us fruitful. It's in your DNA as soon as you're saved. You were chosen and appointed to be fruitful. So when you're saved, there's a, de- there's a gene of fruitfulness put in, if you want to use that. And a gene of fruitfulness that's going to produce eternal fruit, not just worldly fruit. Fruit that will last, and will last for eternity. So what kind of fruit are we talking about? 
I was starting to think about this and the, one of the obvious references is where Paul in Galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit talking about the fruit of the sinful flesh the fruit of the spirit and in Galatians 5 you'll see a wonderful list there of the evidences of the spirit living in us changing our character to be more like Christ now these are just not nice characteristics Okay, I think it's really important Jesus or the spirit is not trying to make us nice Okay, when you read the two opposing qualities or characteristics, you think Jesus is just trying to make us nice. So, in the sinful nature, immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's not about making us nice. It's not about making us middle class. It's about making us like Jesus see the spirit of God has got the same qualities and characteristics as Jesus has by him living in our life he wonderfully pollutes our life with his character he wonderfully helps us to get rid of the dead person because we died to ourselves when we became Christians we now live for Christ and get rid of that dead wood for want of a better expression, while we're talking gardening terms, and in its place, the character of Jesus. This is not just the character of Jesus, but because Jesus is eternal, his character is eternal. These qualities are eternal qualities. And therefore, one of the key elements that you can bear fruit that glorifies God is to allow the Spirit to change you to be more and more like Jesus and that is the fruit of the Spirit and that's something that will last forever in fact the reality is by the time we die or Christ comes the job won't be finished but when we see Jesus we will be changed in a twinkling of an eye and we will take on all these qualities to the fullest extent and we will be like Jesus these are things that will last for eternity but the amazing thing is, because we are a people saved with a kingdom coming in that Jesus ushered in, we can now taste of the eternal kingdom today, even though it's not here in its fullness. So we can enjoy all these qualities and characteristics, but not to be nice. It's to be like Jesus. And that we're actually being changed into what we will be fully for eternity. So these things will last. You may say, I'm not a patient person. I will say to you, you've been appointed to bear fruit. Now who are you going to agree with? I'm not a patient person or that Jesus has pronounced that appointment over you. Part of living the Christian life is to choose where you line up. Do you line up with the world? Do you line up with your own thoughts and feelings? Do you line up with Satan's little whispers? Sometimes not so much a whisper as a loud roar. Or do you line up with how God sees us? God sees me, I've appointed you to bear fruit. That means part of that bearing fruit is to be like Jesus. Therefore I can be like Jesus.
It's ridiculous and wonderful at the same time. Me? Be like Jesus? Yes. But I lose my patience sometimes. Especially behind the queue, trying to overtake Chris on the A1. <laughs> no, no, but, but no. Part of my character is now patience. I'm not doing this to impress anybody. I'm not doing this to be nice, as I've already said. I'm doing this because I'm called to fruitfulness, and part of that fruitfulness is to become more like Jesus. And these are his characteristics. These are eternal characteristics. Folks, you can do it because God says you can do it. You can be fruitful because you've been called to be fruitful. Not because you have to work up the energy to be fruitful. Not because you have to put more effort in. But because God has said, be fruitful. At creation, when he said, let there be light, did the light work up energy to be light? As far as I can see, light didn't exist. And out of nothing, God makes it happen. God speaks into your life, now you're appointed for fruitfulness. Folks, we just have to line up with that. We have to cooperate with God's call on our life. This is a calling and an appointment. We've been chosen for this. It's in our DNA. Second way we can bear fruit. No. Is reproduction. Now, uh, we've even taken just occasionally to watching gardening programs on the TV. Now, you wouldn't believe that because the rear part of our garden now has turned into a forest. But uh, uh, we've even taken to, that's a sign of age, Chris, when you start watching the gardening program. And they were showing how to, uh, sorry, I won't keep picking on Chris. He'll wish he'd never come this morning. Dave, it's a sign of age when you know. <laughs> And there was very keen on oh, excellent. <laughs> well, BBC Two Gardener's World. It's very good. Anyway, they were showing how to keep seeds from the autumn so you can plant them next year and how you could protect them. But just the natural expectation of the gardener is that these plants would produce seeds which would reproduce themselves. It wasn't a shock, it wasn't a surprise, it's what they do. It's what they do. Okay? What we do is naturally reproduce ourselves. That's the calling on our lives, is to reproduce ourselves. Now I'm not talking about cloning yourself. I'm talking about seeing people saved and discipled. Okay? You can do it because you've been appointed to do it. You can do it because we've been commissioned to do it under the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. You can do it because we have the Spirit of God living in us. You can do it because we have the most powerful and wonderful gospel that's ever been given to man. You can do it because we've been appointed for fruitfulness. You can do it because it's in God's hands the way He He looks after you as a loving father or as a master gardener to produce much fruit that will last. And other than character fruit, the other thing that will last into eternity is other people saved. They will be there in eternity with you. 
They will, I promise. <laughs> That's our gospel. And you'll be able to look around. And there won't be any wrong pride in heaven, but I think we can look around and say, wow, look who God gave me as my fruit. And I just want to encourage you to do some as they said in the kind of 90s, it's become a kind of phrase in the church. The church are like lag 15 years behind management theory, but blue sky thinking. When you get just with God and you start to think, dream dreams, how about having a conversation with him and saying, God, how many disciples do I have faith for to bring through? Jesus did 12 and then he changed the world. Okay, so you don't have to start with at least 300. Okay. I think to aim for 12 is a good one. Mike Sprenger, who many of you know, he was with us in uh, Gateway Leeds for six years. Brilliant job. And he's moved on to do the same job in Darlington now. And he's doing really well there. And he had a passion, not only to see people saved, which he was amazingly gifted at, but in addition, he wanted to reproduce 10 people with an evangelistic gifting. Now, not just 10 people who could tell people about the gospel, but 10 people who were gifted evangelists, or Ephesians for evangelists. If you go to him now, he would say he's up to number 8. He's produced number 8. And Chris Frost, who's now our evangelist, he is one of those disciples. So this is not just seeing people saved... This is people discipled and then trained up with a certain gifting that because it had been given to Mike from God, he's able to give it to somebody else. Okay? Now, I love that passion. So before I go to glory, my faith target for reproducing myself is not only hundreds of people saved, and Mike's seen that, people who carry the grace gift that was laid on me to then reproduce that over and over again because ten can do a lot more than one who's on your faith targets when you come to think about fruitfulness now you are going to be fruitful that's been appointed but I think we can cooperate with God and he puts faith in us and we can start to talk with God and something rises in us that says, oh God, I would love to see ten people doing what I do. With the same passion, with the same gifting, the same anointing. I'd love to see ten people saved. If you only ever see one person saved, there are lots of stories how great men and women of God were saved. So the person who gave, brought the gospel to Billy Graham, I've actually forgotten his name because I didn't write it down in my notes. I haven't a clue. I've forgotten his name. To God, he is famous. Because he shared the gospel with somebody called Billy Graham and Billy Graham then went on to save thousands of people around the world. Now we know it's Christ and the Spirit that saves them but the human voice, the human evangelist was Billy Graham. But somebody shared the gospel with Billy Graham. 
we're not all going to be famous in Christian circles. I'm not looking for fame here. I just want to be recognized by Christ when I turn up at the gates. Okay? That's all I'm bothered about. But it doesn't matter whether you get famous. But you can share the gospel with somebody who comes to Christ and they produce amazing fruit. Do you know what? I think some of the credit for that fruit gets credited to your account. Not under your salvation, but under your fruitfulness. The third way I think we can be fruitful is by advancing the kingdom. Now you may say by sharing your faith with people is advancing the kingdom. Absolutely right. But it's only part of advancing the kingdom. Advancing the kingdom is also bringing justice where there is no justice or there is injustice. Now that can be in your workplaces, it can be in the political world, it can be in this country or another country, it can be in your family, it can be in your neighbourhood. Where there's injustice, you stand up for justice. Where there's unrighteousness, you stand up for righteousness. When Jesus announced and pronounced the coming of the kingdom, he didn't just preach the gospel, he healed the sick. And he called that advancing the kingdom. Because it was demonstrating the rule and reign of God. Supernaturally. That's advancing the kingdom. That will last forever. Advancing the kingdom. Isaiah 61 that Jesus read out. Talks about proclaiming the good news to the poor. But also. Let me just read it. These are all kingdom elements. the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor sent me to bind up the broken hearted proclaim freedom for the captives release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of God's favour the kingdom is going to last forever as well and therefore we can advance the kingdom caring for the poor that may only last in this age but it be something that is recognised for eternity because it's part of the kingdom building the church in some circles not very popular nowadays the church is out of touch it's out of date God's moved on no it hasn't he's never moved on he loves his church he's passionate about his bride and in 1 Corinthians 3 we haven't got time to read it but Paul is talking there about laying a foundation and other people building on it and some people will build with gold silver diamonds some people with wood, hay and stubble. And when this is judged on the day of judgment, it's the gold and the silver and the diamonds that will come through. Last for eternity. There is a way of building church that lasts for eternity. He actually would describe some of the churches he planted and helped raise up as jewels in his crown. An eternal crown that he would wear in heaven. Not to show off not to say, look how good I am, but because they would last for eternity. Wouldn't affect his salvation one iota, that was a free gift, but part of his reward. Building the church can last for eternity. Now if we build on our own agendas, if we build it to ourselves, if we build it to our own egos, and just to take care of us, I think that's wood, hay, stubble. 
build it for the glory of God that's going to last forever I'm going to just finish um, aware of time so has the spirit yet convinced you don't let Tony Smith convince you that that'll be forgotten by lunchtime has the spirit convinced you you have been chosen and appointed for fruitfulness great English audience I've got five nods which is nice and a nice smile I have to say a very nice smile over here if we were in one of our West Indian churches now they'd be now on their chairs like this right but I think that's a positive response from an English group <laughs> uh, can I just say we, we have what more when it brought and I brought it's the truth that will set us free this is truth everything in your life may have said you are never going to count for anything you're a failure you mess up everything you touch you're never going to and God says no forget that I have appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that's going to last for eternity you can have an amazing job that has the biggest salary you've ever seen in your life do you know none of that will get into eternity gone you can have the nicest garden that won't be there either whatever you think is success on this world it won't be there in eternity God is saying I have chosen you to bear fruit that will last for eternity I have appointed you to bear fruit I have given you all the resources of heaven to bear fruit and I'm going to personally care for you to bring out every bit of fruitfulness in your life so that you're even more fruitful now that's a winning thing so for Doncaster's sake for Doncaster's sake you need to be fruitful seriously there's 250,000 people out there that don't know that they need fruitful Christians bearing much fruit amongst them some of them will someday because they may well be your fruit and then they'll be thankful this side of salvation they don't understand but don't let anything say that this church can't be fruitful don't let anybody convince you that you can't be fruitful don't say oh no more winner they're fruitful look what they've done look how they are and then you write yourself off I don't think God writes any of his children off and he will care for the plants that need the most care because he's a gardener that loves his plants and if something's producing well he'll wait till the end of the season snip it back if something needs more care at a particular time he's in there giving it the care because he's as committed to that one being fruitful as he is to the one that's doing well is the truth setting you free do you have faith to be fruitful do you, are you aligning 
your, your life with how God sees you. There's lots of clutter. There's lots of noise in the world. Lots of things that want to grab your attention for good or ill. It's where we, do we line up with God or do we line up with all the other noise? God, I pray for faith to arise to take hold of this world. word. Or I know your passion is that we would be a fruitful people for you. Fruit that would glorify you. Fruit that would last for eternity. Fruit that would honour and advance your kingdom. And I just now speak in Jesus' name. Be fruitful in Jesus' name. I want to declare with the authority of Christ. Not that I'm Christ, but I can declare with authority now. You have been appointed for fruitfulness. That's not my good wishes. It's not me being nice to you. It's declaring the truth. Sorry, I don't know every one of your names. I'd, I'd literally go from seat to seat. But the Spirit is now going from chair to chair. Every one of your spirits, you've been appointed for fruitfulness. Same's going on here. You've been appointed for fruitfulness. Now go and bear fruit. Now go and bear fruit. I watch the plants. They don't exercise. Not that I do a lot of exercise. They, they just there. And then pop in August and September. Out comes all this fruit. You will be healthier if you nurture your relationship with Christ. Okay? You will be healthier if you really enjoy a friendship and an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the gardener, your father. You will be more fruitful. But you've been appointed for fruitfulness. And I declare over you fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Character, people saved and discipled, and kingdom advance in Doncaster. That's the calling on each of you, and it's your collective call as a church. Just receive it now. Spirit's here. Just receive it in your spirit. Seal this, Lord. Father, you're the gardener. I pray, seal these seeds of truth in every soul here, that they grow and flourish and bear much fruit. We pray fruitfulness on this church. We pray reproduction on this church. We pray multiplication on this church. We pray salvation on this church. We pray for healings on this church. We pray for wonderful, Christ-edifying, Christ-reflecting character to pervade every person in this church. We pray for discipleship all over this church. We pray for many, many people to be reached with the gospel as fruit of this church. We pray for fruit. We ask for fruit. We ask, Lord, this for your glory and yours alone. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 